right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the Virgin. And we're your host. Hi, Clayton. Hi, Aaron. So it feels like it's been a while since we did a book. Yeah. Well, because our last book was Seven Days in June. And that mm-hmm. was a little while ago because we did all Virgin River. Yes. And we yes, might have I'm a special st- little gift for you guys coming up. So stay tuned. Oh, it's... Yes, we're very excited. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be dropping soon-ish, so keep an eye on the feed. You never know. You never know when you're going to get bonus episodes around here. (laughs) But we did it, Aaron. We went back to the ice planet. To not Hoth. No, the other one, the more famous ice planet. We went back to the planet because... Like we said on the re-release of our of our Ice Planet Barbarian, the first book episode that we put out a couple weeks ago, it's blown up on TikTok. Now, I'm not on TikTok. We have Annie, who is our TikTok expert. She is putting up TikToks. I was actually hanging out with her last night. She's trying to get me to do some face-revealing TikToks. Not that my appearance is some sort of big reveal. I'm not like the mask magician or whatever, but it's a dated reference. (laughs) (laughs) But let us know if you want to see Clayton on TikTok. I think think that'll be what gets us to the next level. It's just you ranting about Derek Craven. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. But yeah, she's been putting out the TikToks and Ice Planet is all over TikTok. And you know what? Ruby Dixon is getting paid and we like to see that. I know. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's so great that this many people are diving into. And now, like, on Amazon, it is, like, the number one in sci-fi, which just tickles me. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like sci-fi can be or has, like, the reputation to be, like, kind of, like, a male-dominated, a little bit gatekeepy. And I could be wrong with this, but this is my, like, outside looking in. So just the idea that these like just books about giant blue aliens and people falling in love is at the top of the charts just makes me giddy. And I think that's wonderful. And listen, anywhere romance can be found is great. That is great. Now, which one did we read, Aaron? So we read Barbarian's Bride, which is the last book of the Ice Planet Barbarian. So now, obviously, as you all know, as you are all Ruby Dixon aficionados, I'm sure, there has been spinoffs. So there's the Ice Home books. Um, and there's also books where they are on a tropical island within the Ice Planet, you know, um, mm-hmm. and a few other ones. So it's not the end of the stories. I think the stories are continuing, but basically the ice planet is done with this book, Barbarian's Bride. Um, and so we were trying to think of like, we knew we wanted to come back to the ice planet, not Hoth, but I think our issue with the first ice planet Barbarians was it was like a little darker than we wanted it to be. Yes. Um, and so we were, you know, I did a poll to see which should be the next Ice Planet. A lot of you guys answered it. It was really great. And sort of the earlier books seemed to be on the whole a bit darker. So I'm like, okay, well, if we're not going to go in order, 
Um, and then I have been, and if you have not checked out the Ice Planet podcast yet, uh, run by Danielle, it is a very fun podcast. A lot of your favorites have been on it. She's wonderful. Um, and so I was on the Ice Planet podcast talking about book three, I think, or four. Um, anyway, all this to say, I figured, why not, if we started at the beginning, why don't we go to the end and read the last book? Yeah, which is Barbarian's Bride. Yeah. So the covers of these books are, I'm just going to say across the board, fantastic. Like, yes. talk about delivering, like, the promise of the premise, showing you what's in the book. Every one of these covers makes me giddy, and I love so much. Didn't we not really love the cover on the first book because it wasn't, it didn't look like Vectal? Maybe it didn't, it didn't look ha- like Vectal, yeah. It didn't have horns, mm-hmm. and it was, I think, well, the thing is, is, you know, Ruby Dixon has had some success with this series, so I think she's had maybe, I'm speaking on my butt here a little bit, the ability to make her covers more indicative of what's inside mm-hmm. and and more illustrative of the characters. And I think especially this one, I love this cover. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. The way the way Degesh and Nora are looking at each other. He's got horns, he's got his long his long uh braid. And I just think it's a really it's a really cute cover. Yeah, he has his tail. He has his three fingers. Yes, yes. We did because the, on the first cover of the Ice Planet Barbarian book we read, he didn't have a tail. Yeah, we were so young then, though. We didn't. Know. We were. We were. <laughs> well, it is funny you mentioned the darkness and how it this this the series got less dark. Actually, Ruby Dixon Dixon writes about that in uh, at the end of this book. She writes a little wrap up about this being the last book and how she was finding her footing in the first few books and that's why they were darker. Mm-hmm. And that was cool because after I read this, it makes me want to read more of these. Yeah, exactly. But, but what do you think of this cover? Sorry, where I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I love everything about this cover. So it is like, um, so it's Nora and Dagesh. And so Nora's wearing like a white fur. So it's like she's wedding her, like at a wedding, her hair isn't an updo. My only thing is like, Dagesh isn't as tall as I thought he should be. Cause he's, they're all supposed to be like six, seven, but I'm thinking like maybe she's standing on something like who knows, but really an apple box. Yeah. But I think just like a really fantastic cover. And also I think with the covers, like as the series seems to have changed from being like a little bit dark to, you know, so much sweeter. Like the covers also change to reflect this. So like this yes, is it's lighter. Yeah. Like I agree. This is very different from the ice planet barbarians cover, but, um, but I mean, this is why, this is why covers are important. And I think this is why like having the right cover and like, this is the, also the issue. Like I know we always, or I always bring up freaking cartoon covers, but like, this is why it's important to also like have covers that accurately portray what you're getting in the book. You know? Absolutely. Cause you know, you're getting a level of spice as well. Well, here's the thing. And we'll get into what this book is about in a, in a second, but to that point, 
Ruby, and I don't know if, I don't think this was in the first book, at least not in the version that, that we had, but Ruby introduces this book with a pretty much a note about content, which is a spice rating. Mm-hmm. And she talks about all the things that are in it, references to in hair pulling, spanking, bruising in sex, and on the scale of one to ten, one being no sex, five being vanilla normal sex, and ten being the deep end of BDSM, this story is about a six. Now, here's the thing. I feel like more authors should do this, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to have the cartoon covers, if you're going to have these misleading covers. The least these authors can do is give us a spice rating. Mm -hmm. Because then I open the book, I see this cute cover, you know, I look at the cute cover, I open the book, and it says, this has a spice rating of nine. I can be like, okay, good. Now I'm braced for that. And I didn't look at these cute cartoon characters. And then all of a sudden, somebody is, their tongue is 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 deep in someone else's butthole. And I thought, oh, I didn't, I wasn't expecting this. Nothing wrong with it, right? But it's just, I kind of would want to know. So I think that a lot of romance novelists should should take this up. Just give us a, 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 a kind of a spice rating. Yeah, and I what think, is your thought? Yeah, I think that's a great idea too. And I saw a TikTok. Obviously, all I do is watch TikToks now about this woman saying, you know, um, Casey McQuiston's newest book, One Last Stop. Yes. It has like a pretty high spice rating or steamy rating. I don't know when spice overcame steam, but like it's sexy. Like they they have a lot of sex. Uh, it's an adult book, though. And somebody was talking about how that book, they saw it on like a YA table in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue, too, because it's like, you know, I think kids should read about like consenting sex you know, kids, I'm talking about, like, people in their mid-teens. Um, but you should know what you're getting going into it as well. And so I think it's, like, that's the other issue with the cartoon covers is everything just looks very sweet, like, YA or just, like, women's lit. And it's so hard to know, like, what's going on. So I think, like, if publishers are going to be insisting on these covers, because we've sort of learned that authors, unless you're a huge author, have very little say yeah. in the covers... Um, then I think the least you can do is just have a little paragraph and be like, there is explicit sex in this book. And then mm-hmm. make your decision, whatever it'll be. But I think, yeah, I agree. But to the other side of that, I do think that this book or this cover does a very good job of sort of telegraphing what you're going to be seeing in the book. I think if people are very, like, very sensitive to any form of, like, I don't even know if I would call it BDSM. Yeah. It's, it's so like, slight. Yeah. It's this. like a little bit rougher sex than normal, but like nothing too crazy. I didn't think. But anyway. And that's why I think the rating was appropriate. A six is, I think, the appropriate rating for this book. Oh, yeah. She did a good job with like, yeah, the rating. I think it is about a six. But anyway, so yeah. Clayton, what was this book about? This book was about Degesh, Dagesh who is Ice Planet Barbarian, and he resonates with Nora, who is one of the women from the crashed spaceship. And 
this book is really about her wanting to have really kinky sex, or at least kinkier sex than most of the women on the ice planet, and Degesh worrying that he's hurting her, and them trying to figure out how to communicate these things. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the whole book. Mm-hmm. And now that might sound like, wait, that's it? But let me tell you, after so reading so many books recently uh, with chapters about, you know, side characters doing stuff, I this book hit right where it needed to hit because it is exclusively about two people trying to figure out a relationship and mm-hmm. try to make their sex life work and talk about consent. That's what this book was about. There was no oh, my daughter, I need to help her with the spelling bee. Like, there's none of that shit. It was all pure relationship stuff, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, as soon as you get into this book, in the I think the first or second chapter, our hero fucks a snowdrift. <laughs> so you know what you're getting into. And I'll be honest, so... You know, we've both been really busy. It's summer. It's, you know, there's a lot going on. People are going on vacations and stuff. I just moved. So I was reading this book during a move, and it just was the perfect book to read during a move because it was short, it went down so smooth, and it was very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, a ton of sex in it, but it was sex that moved the story ahead, mm-hmm. which I always love. So what did you think of this book, Erin? Oh, I loved it too. I agree. It hit that perfect spot. It wasn't too heavy. It does make me laugh that I feel like there are, there is like a to- like a, a complete genre of books that is like I like this wild thing during sex and I don't know how to ask my partner for it and it is 100% of the time like the lightest of light BDSM. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Like, listen, whatever gets you off, because what gets her off was like a pat, like a control thing, like feeling like she didn't have control, which is like, obviously, it, it done within the parameters of an environment where she felt very like safe and taken care of. That is like great and normal. And like, I think that's like probably like a fairly common fantasy in general. Um, but I thought it was so sweet, too. And I think. It's interesting because the book goes back and forth from like it being the last book, but they this is a couple that got together like almost immediately. So you're mm-hmm. we're sort of going back in time to see that. But I really loved that it was about people who had already decided they were going to be together. Like obviously, you know, if we have to go into it, they, there's a parasite on the island called a Kui and or Kui. And it resonates to somebody else. And then that's a person you're supposed to be with and you have to be with them. So like every story basically in this series is a faded mate story. But yeah, which which makes it I think it makes it easier to get into the meat of the action quicker. Yeah, because it's not always that it's like they get along and love each other immediately. Although it seems like these two were like very hot for each other immediately. Mm -hmm. And great and seem to have like a pretty good relationship from the start. Um. But I liked that it was a story also just about two people who loved each other and were going to be together forever because they wanted to be and because of like the residents and whatever. And it was about figuring out how to make that relationship be as 
fulfilling as possible. Because I think kind of what can happen really easily in relationships, I think if you're not careful or if you're not sort of a custodian of the relationship, is you can kind of start just not pushing for things or it's easier to not discuss that or let's just kind of like keep it even and easy. And then I think what happens is you wake up down the line in a completely different relationship than you were in before. Or just yes, in a place you that you didn't, yeah, you didn't expect to be. And then at that stage, it can be really hard to write that ship. Um, so I think any time that a couple has the bravery to sort of be like, we're happy and things are good right now. But like, I think things could be better. And I want to work towards that better. I always love a book like that. I Those are some of my favorite books. Because it was so heartbreaking because Nora, there was a moment where she thought, if it's going to be vanilla sex, it's fine. I can deal with it. I love him. And mm-hmm. I'll just, I guess, have mediocre orgasms the rest of my life. And people think that they're doing that and it's a positive thing, right? Mm-hmm. To hold back what they want from the person they love, not to inconvenience them or the thought that it might inconvenience them. And like you said, that creates a relationship that isn't healthy because Nora's going to have resentment. It's just it, it's just human nature. She would be resentful that he's capable of doing the things she wants, but she just can't figure out the way to tell him. And it's really funny, this book, the miscommunication that she wants to be bitten and her hair pulled and spanked and he thinks she wants a Jewish wedding. <laughs> That's how ridiculous <laughs> this book is. And it's really funny because when you were talking earlier and, you know, we read the first book and these seem to be so in the at least internet consciousness right now that when you just kind of threw aside, oh, yeah, well, it's a parasite and it's inside you. And then and it's like funny that I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just that. And then we can move past it when this is one of the craziest conceits for a romance and a book series ever. But I think just this, this shows just the difference between me when we read the first one, which was, I think, what, the fourth episode we ever did or something? Uh, it was in the first yeah. five episodes we ever did. And blown away by all these things. And now I, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, the queen, you know, the queen, all that stuff. She's, <laughs> you know, they got, she's got the translator, all this, you know, all these things that we're just blowing by, like, we don't need to explain it. But I do think if you don't know, you can read this book and not having read any of the other books, I think, and still understand the concept. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think read them in order unless like we've talked about sort of what the trigger warnings are for the first ice planet. Mm -hmm. And so if that is a trigger for you, then I would say skip it. You don't necessarily, I mean, obviously nothing is worth causing you mental distress but I think after that they definitely start lighting up to this to be uh, you know fairly light in that like the energy of it is light but like it is not a like fluffy book it's so hard because it is so silly because it is about like giant blue aliens and parasitic uh, little worms that decide who you're going to marry and all these things that are like excessively silly and fun yeah but the heart of the book and, and uh, the heart of the book is so true and so interesting and such a really interesting and well thought out and well done exploration of like 
a conversation that a lot of people have a really, really hard time with, which is like talking to your partner about like what gets you off. And especially because that should be the person above everyone else that should be the easiest to talk to. We all know that even if it's somebody is supposed to be the easiest person to talk to, sometimes it is the most difficult person to talk to. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And it's so grounded in... We, or I spoke with uh, Sophie Jordan. Her new book is coming out, The Duke Goes Down, if you want to pre-order now. We spoke to her. That episode should be up in a little bit. But just to give you guys a taste, we did talk about Ice Planet Barbarians. Because as far as I know, Sophie was the first person in Romance Landia. And like, also, I could be wrong about this. But like, to my knowledge, was the first person in Romance Landia to really start talking about Ice Planet Barbarians. She's how I found out about the series. And so, and I was like, what do you think of like this explosion? And like, why do you think uh, it like it's hitting this, this sci-fi series when there are like so many other romantic, even like romantic romances with aliens. And she was kind of like the heart that is in these stories and the amount of world building and just how well, you know, that like Ruby knows these characters um, I think I'll add to what feels like a really immersive experience. And I think also what allows you to just really lock into the story because you feel like you're in good hands. Like Ruby doesn't feel the need to explain every aspect of the planet, but I have a good feeling like she knows it all. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think that's the thing with sci-fi and fantasy that kind of gets us down sometimes when we read it is that there's a lot of explanation of like, this is why this is, and this is why this is. And here it's just like, uh, yeah, they're like blue aliens. There's a parasite in this big animal. They have to kill the animal to get the parasite. You know, what else do you want to know? That's what that's yeah. like, you know? Um, But also that she is like legitimately a very talented writer. <laughs> You'd yeah. have to be, you know? Oh, to pull this off, yeah. Yeah. And and when she was talking in the author's note at the end of this book, she was saying how, you know, like I mentioned before, it used to it was a dark series and then it got light. And a lot of what she realized in writing this these books is that, oh, this is a community of loving, sexual, horny aliens that really just want to have sex, have families, and love their partners. Right. And it's and it's and it's really yeah, they have to survive, they have to hunt and all these things, but it truly that's what this this is. This is what the series is and she really I think encapsulates that in this book cuz I you know, I've only read the first book and the last book, which is a really interesting way to to digest this series. But mm-hmm. I would be open to reading another one of these because of reading this one and where it's where it's all just come to. I don't feel like I got the whole story, but I also don't feel like I was co- totally confused reading this last one. It still has I still have moments where I'm like, oh, those two characters. I wonder how they got together because obviously there's a book about them. So it it's it's a nice tease to go back to some of those characters. Yeah, I love at the end where it's basically just like uh, Nora walking into the cave and there's like a big group event and everybody's there. And like she does do like a check in on each couple, 
which like obviously I don't know these couples so for me Mm -hmm. I was like wow but I could tell that like oh if I had read the series this would be like a really special moment to see where everybody is but even though I hadn't it was still great to sort of be able to check in on on everybody as well yeah so yeah I mean it's like it's like if you were I'm not a big fan of the MCU or anything but if the only Marvel movie you watched was Endgame and you saw when all and you know people shit on this moment but when you saw all the female superheroes together about to fight you don't need to know who those characters are to understand that that's a moment that was building up mm-hmm. and I think there's a similar thing in this in this book where you know this moment is kind of at least I'm assuming this moment is earned where you're going through all these characters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Degesh, and I, you know what, if I'm saying his name wrong, I, I what can I do? Um, <laughs> but he reminded me of Fury a little bit, of the mm-hmm. new species. Because remember, Fury was so afraid of hurting his mate. Mm-hmm. And I got that same feeling when I was reading this, where, of course, Degesh doesn't have, like, teeth and he didn't have to deal with the kind of abuse that you know Fury dealt with and, and things, but still his not wanting seeing scratches on her back and bruises after he has sex with her up against the cave wall that f- that fear of hurting his, the person he loves I think that's that 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 resonates with me because of the the new species books that we've read, and that's a run that's like a runner through I think almost all of them no, I totally agree, yeah that sort of loving and and not wanting to hurt. Well, because I think, too, she is trying to communicate with him what she wants, and she's basically like, I want you to beat me. And he's like, well, no. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, and sort of they also settle in on what it is. And I like, too, that it takes a little bit of time for him to be able to give her what she wants. Yeah, like it's not like she's like, oh, I want this, and he's like, like this, and then is amazing at it immediately. Like, they really work at it and talk about it a lot, and I think that's really important too. Well, because there's this mythology in popular culture that is drummed into our heads that you have to be great at something immediately. Mm -hmm. How many movies have we seen, music bios, where you have? Johnny Cash say, all right, just follow me. And then this band just starts playing this song that they just wrote, that he just wrote, and it's the most amazing song you've ever heard, and they know how to hit every note. Yeah, That's the mythology that we live in. It's the same thing with sex, is that we are supposed to know how to please our partner immediately or we feel less than, mm-hmm. right? I'm supposed to be so good at sex with a a woman that I've just met or have maybe gone on a few dates with. I'm supposed to know the ins and outs of everything she wants and everything she could desire without talking about it. And that's just patently false. That is, yes, that might work in a a romance because that's fantasy. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about romance now is that like a romance like this, it is a fantasy, and the fantasy is let's talk about this and figure it out and learning curve. That's what I love about – I feel lucky to be reading romance in this time 
because they realize that the fantasy isn't necessarily somebody knowing exactly what to do to you without communicating. It's having a partner who communicates with you about what you want and consent and things like that. That, Mm -hmm. I think, is awesome. Well, yeah, and I think the thing, too, is, like, there's just different kinds of books. So sometimes it's, like, sometimes you want to read a book where it's just about some duke who knows exactly what to do, you know, and there's that option. And then sometimes you want to read a book like this that is, like, somehow, even though it is about giant blue aliens, it's more reflective of real life, Mm -hmm, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just got to know that sometimes if my... You know, if I'm dating somebody and she's upset that it's really she just wants a Jewish wedding. That's the thing. Like, have you thought of the Jewish wedding part? I thought, <laughs> what did you think of that? I thought that was very sweet. It was so cute. And just the image of all these aliens, in, in, in Nora's words, coming up to her and screaming Mazel Tov in her face <laughs> cracked me up. Them breaking the cups. That's why this book series needs to be adapted into a TV show. Just so we can see the alien Jewish wedding. <laughs> and we have to let it run for, I guess, 20 seasons. Well, yeah, this will, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's, but, I mean, you know how these adaptations are. You know, when, listen, when we adapt this, after we adapt the new species to television, yeah. we might bump Nora and Degesh's romance up a little bit sooner because they are introduced sooner. That's the thing, too. It's like so many of these books overlap that, like, it wouldn't be the worst one to adapt because you would have so many things happening at once. Like, Mm -hmm. so many stories are going on at the same time. God, but imagine the board of trying to create that chronology with the characters and write storylines. Like, that would be, I mean, that's one of the challenges of adapting. Listen, we're ready for that challenge as well. If anyone out there wants to hire us, please do. But, yeah, so I just, you know, there's not, you know, it's a short book, which is great. And it, it, it was just, I can't even tell you how much I needed a book like this. Mm -hmm. It's just sometimes romances find you at the right time. I agree. Yeah, and I think we've had a tough time because we haven't had something we really loved in a while. No, like truly, truly loved. I don't, you know, I think the last one that we, I think I really loved was, what was it, Kiss of an Angel or? Oh, Kiss an Angel, yeah. Kiss an Angel. And that, I know that's (laughs) one that people are, it's a divisive book, but yeah, I just, that, that one really... I was I was so psyched to read that book. But yeah, I mean it's and it's nothing against the books we've read since then. You know, if I if I read 7 Days in June some other time in my life, I could love it. Right. But at the moment I just didn't. And that's and it's always more about me than it is about the book. Yeah, and that's the thing too. And that's the thing that I that is so great about the genre is that like you also just kind of have to find the thing that you want. You know, yeah, and there's plenty of opportunities to do that, and mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't know. Should we just ask? Would we fuck them? Yes, obviously. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems amazing. I mean, it's hard to read that much about the alien sex and not be like, well, what would it be like? You know, mm-hmm. it, the thought does cross your mind. Or wait, <laughs> we talk about when she was like, they she wants to go on a honeymoon after the. I, well, I like that their wedding night is awful because most wedding nights are not like either you just pass out or you just have mediocre sex because everyone is very tired. And oh, you're yeah. probably very drunk, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying to like get him like into it, and she's like, "Wait a second, I've never blown this guy." Yeah. <laughs> and so she does, and she's like, "He'll be into it now." Sort of just not like the the vanilla sex, but I thought mm-hmm. that was really funny. It's fun, the... guys. This book is a good time. If you're on it... the fence, just read it. I would say don't be worried if you haven't read the other ones. No. Honestly. I I yeah, I think if you like this one then you'll like the others. I mean, we definitely do have to go back and read more of the Ice Planet Barbarian books cuz this one was so fun. Um all right, ready for Goodreads list? Yeah. So this came out in what? February 2021? Yeah, so very recently. So maybe not a lot of Goodreads lists? No, on very few, unfortunately. First list, uh Kindle Unlimited Elite paranormal fantasy and urban and science fiction yes and i would say i'm upset that that was not pfus so i would have to figure it out <laughs> but i will say the, the kindle unlimited it's glad that glad, i'm glad you brought that up because listen we're, we don't want to stump for amazon or anything like that but they occasionally and I, i'm saying occasionally they always have some sort of kindle unlimited free couple months or whatever and i would say if you have any interest in these books and you're okay with signing up for a kindle unlimited amazon thing do it because these books are i think all of them or most of them are free on kindle unlimited yeah they're all on kindle Unlimited, and they're very quick reads too yeah so i would say if you're on the fence and you're a kindle user Definitely just use one of the free things. Now, remember, write down the date. It's not like a parent. Write down the date that you started your free your free trial because you want to cancel before you get charged because that's how they get you. So yeah. definitely do that. And, and I would say I was really happy because I got some three-month free thing, and I was going to buy this book, and I said, oh, it said, oh it's Kindle Unlimited. I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. This automatically makes me feel better about this book because I didn't have to pay for it. And I'm not saying I don't want to pay for people's work because obviously we always talk about paying for people's work, but also we read a lot of books for this and they can it can add up. So oh, yeah. it's nice to once in a while get a Kindle Unlimited book in the mix. Totally. I agree. And also she's getting paid for Kindle Unlimited, so that's what's important too. Yes. Uh couldn't put it down. Entertaining and fast paced. Yeah, I read this book in one shot. Yeah, it's very easy to do. Um, best alien romance. Yeah, I mean, I would say the series in general would all fall into that. Mm-hmm. This one was, it's hard to say best. It's hard to say best. You know, I guess this is a list. So if Strange Love is not on that, then that list doesn't exist uh it's not a it's not a true list of best alien romances so i'll have to check on that 
list mm-hmm. to see if it has it on there. But yeah, I could see someone putting this on the list. I think this is our like top five of the alien romances we've read. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, most original, for certain. Yes, yeah. Um, and then paranormal romances, dystopian, and urban fantasies on Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, these list makers seem to be wanting to write these words out now when they didn't before. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Um, Good for them, but it's, it's you know, I, I love to be able to... Because I, I, I would bet you, if this was P-D-U, I would still have a hard time guessing it, even though I already would have guessed uh, two of those in the first one. <laughs> Because I'm so bad. Well, Paranormal Romance is shortened to PNR. Okay. So. See, then, there you go. Right there, I would be like, what's this N? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, what are your tropes, Clayton? Oh, snowdrift fucking, ridged penis, ridged tongue. Um, so, alien romance. Jewish heroine, because she's mm-hmm. Jewish. And light BDSM, I guess they're, well, is it, oh, they're faded mates. Mm-hmm. Is it forced proximity? Yeah. I guess because she's stuck on a down. planet, right? Yeah. yeah so forks, forced, huh, forked, forced proximity. And that is, those are my tropes. Nice. What are yours? What are your tropes, Aaron? Um, alien romance, stuck on a planet romance, um, Jewish heroine, faded mates, forced proximity, kink, light kink, uh, married couples and romance and kids. Because their kids are featured, so they have twin daughters, Anna and Elsa, which I'm like, so she, like, a nod to Frozen, which I thought was funny and cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, this, this book starts with, uh, this is actually kind of a retelling of the how they met, Mm-hmm. But what we read in the book is not what is told to the kids. Right. <laughs> if it was, that would be upsetting. So. That would be truly upsetting. <laughs> Although maybe the barbarians are very free about sexual talk. But still, I think it was better that at the end we find out, oh, yeah, they told this story in a more chaste way. Yeah. Well, the first time they have sex, they do have sex in front of other people. Well, but I think that's a thing that, you know, after reading this is that what happens in this society is people will just start cuddling and fucking and mm-hmm. nobody really blinks an eye. Yeah. And there was that scene where Degesh walks in on his buddy and Stacy fucking mm-hmm. and they don't seem to care all because they, they have these screens that they put up when they're going to fuck and they forgot to put the screen up because they were so horny. <laughs> and it seems like, a little uncomfortable, but not as uncomfortable would be as it would be in in on planet Earth. Right. Yeah, they're but pretty. That much was okay a funny scene. And yeah. then I can't. I wish I could remember his name, but that's the. It's what is it? Pashov. Yeah. Degesh uses his name as his safe his safe word. <laughs> because because she tells Nora says it should be something you don't want to think about when you're in bed and so he's like yeah i want that guy's name <laughs> which is so odd i know but it's so but cute also he's sweet, trying sweetly so naive. hard yeah. yeah i know yeah, he's trying hard he he even if he's not 
even if he fails initially, he's trying. That means so much, everybody. Just, yeah. y- you know, you gotta try. You gotta try. I know, I know. I don't know why I'm so adamant. I'm maybe talking to myself, too. Yeah. But I <laughs> think it's... try, damn it. Yeah. Well, I think it's also interesting that she is the only person, the only human, and obviously we haven't read the books, but seems to be the only human who is really, like, her heritage is really discussed. But I liked that, too, because it's like they do come from a very homogenous culture. The aliens I'm talking about. And so oh, yeah. it is nice that he was like, oh, I want to incorporate things from her people as well. And like, granted, Nora kind of admits like she's not like particularly religious, but it is just yeah, really yeah. nice that he's like, oh, let me try to do this thing. And it's so funny just to hear like people's interpretations of what the ceremony would be based on like one person who's been to two Jewish weddings. Mm. There's like they they walk around each other and stuff. And it's like, that's great. And he messes it up because he's walking around her when it's supposed to be the other way around. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's one of those things. It's just, they don't know exactly. He's just trying. I know. It's so sweet. It's a, it, it was so sweet. It was sexy, too. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Well, it's not some sort of undiscovered gem or some sort of obscure piece of pop culture, but... If we're talking about the thing I enjoyed the most recently, it's the second season of I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. (laughs) It's just so funny, and it's so short. Each episode is, I think, 17 minutes, 15 minutes, and there's only a few episodes. It's in and out so fast, and I, I laughed so hard. I was afraid that... Since the second season had a lot of hype and it's the first season is all over the internet, it got oversaturated in a way. It still is funny if you watch the first season. I think the second season is just as funny and it really just made me laugh to the point where it was uncomfortable <laughs> in how heavy I was laughing, especially the coffin flopping. I know it's, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's so wrong, but it's, I, I was cramping my stomach was cramping from laughing at that and other things in this season so if you haven't seen it i would say check out the second season of i think you should leave on netflix and aaron you're a fan right um i haven't watched the whole thing i watched a little bit with pat okay yeah so not a fan no but i it's funny what i saw i liked yeah but you're not a big sketch comedy person either right no yeah most people aren't most people shouldn't be this is this is really good sketch because mm-hmm. there's so much bad sketch most bad Mo- mostly most bad. sketch is bad most sketch yeah. is very very bad yeah unwatchable mm-hmm. um, Aaron, Mm-hmm. what has you swooning um so i am swooning about a show that I think maybe we should do an episode on as I was thinking about it. Oh, exciting. It's called Starstruck. It's on HBO Max. And it is written by, and it's written and starring the same woman, Rose. I can't remember her last name. Um, 
but she's very funny and she's a New Zealander and she is in London and she has a one night stand with this guy, the super cute guy she meets like on New Year's Eve at a club and she wakes up the next morning and realizes that he is like a super famous actor. He's like a Chris Evans is kind of like where they put him. Oh, okay. And so then it's kind of her dealing with dating, being into, but it feeds into her own insecurities and all these things of this, like, dating this super famous guy. Oh, and it's Rose Matafeo. Matafeo. Rose Matafeo. She was on Taskmaster one season. Very oh. funny show, too. She's super funny and very, very talented. Like, she's so eminently watchable and... It's it's just done really well. And I think that, like, there is an oversaturation of, like, I'm in my late 20s and I don't know what to do with my life. Like, to the point where, like, those aren't particularly that interesting anymore. But I think she does it in a really interesting, really good way. And um, it's just a really beautiful series. I watched it way too quickly. And I was so mad when I realized that the last episode was the last episode, even though it was perfection. I was mm-hmm. like, and then next, what happens? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I guess let's put it out there. If you guys want us to do an episode where we review Starstruck, I think we could. How many yeah. episodes is it again? Like six. And they're like a half hour each episode. So it's like not long. Okay, yeah, if there's any interest, we'll do it. I mean, it's easy to do the TV shows because you can just sit and watch them. All right, Aaron. well, where can they find us? Um, so you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have our Facebook troop that is, like, growing quite a bit, guys. There's a lot of you in there now. It's very exciting. Um, we have merch, which is in the link below if you want to get any merch. And then finally, it really helps us. We've gotten a few new reviews that we'll probably read next week. Um, but don't forget to rate, uh, review and follow us. Um, it's how people find us and it really helps us out a lot. So if you uh, are able, definitely do that. Yeah. And we've been, we haven't done a mini for a little bit. I miss them, right? Cause we just get to BS just a great excuse for us to just get to hang out and talk about stuff Mm -hmm. and we do have a backlog of emails and reviews and instagram comments and things like that believe me we read all of them we love all of them we're gonna get into that next week which we're very excited about so the minisode is coming back all right guys and so i guess we're just see you next week Happy reading. Happy reading. Bye, everybody.